Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to another podcast with Larry Heller. Larry's got a wonderful guest on today, Dan Goldberg. He's the president and managing director of i a life care management and advocacy firm in Manhasset. Dan and his staff of RN advocates and personal needs coordinators help families and loved ones achieve their best quality of life given their financial and medical status. Dan is very active in the community and is involved with various charitable organizations, including NAMI, the National Association for Mental Illness, and is on the board of various organizations. Dan has also been fe- a featured expert on the local NBC and CBS television stations. Larry, take it away. Thanks, Matt. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. This is a very interesting topic and, and one that a lot of my clients could benefit from. So why don't we just get you know started? Why don't you tell us a little bit, you know, what is a life care manager and why should you consider hiring one? All right, Larry, thanks very much for having me here. I just want to start with kind of a, a question. And I think we all have to think about this. You know, when a loved one has special needs or a serious health-related issue, would you have the time, knowledge, experience, training, contacts, and the emotional bandwidth to achieve the best outcome financially and medically for that person? So life care managers can help solve those problems while saving you time, money, and reducing your stress. So what we do is we go in and we're a little bit different from your plain vanilla care manager. We want to look at holistically your entire life. So we want to look at your medical issues, psychosocial issues, your financial environment, and your housing and see kind of what will give you the best outcome, the safest outcome, given those things. So that's kind of what we do between my nurses, my personal needs care managers, and myself. We go in and we take a serious look at all those things and design a plan, both short-term and long-term, that give you the best results. So, you know, do you and life care managers serve a specific population or situation? Right. So, you know, kind of like, uh, I guess you would compare us to a general contractor or a quarterback of the team. And we are looking at, typically our population is from the age of 20 to about north of 100. So we deal with the senior population, sub-senior population, and the special needs population can encompass all of that. Great. So i tell me a little bit about, you know, what is i How does it handle the various needs of the elderly and the special needs population? How is it staffed? Sure. So, so as I mentioned, myself, I'm the managing director, and I have RN advocates who have tremendous experience with uh, the medical needs of the people and also the social needs. And we also have a social worker with an LPN, and they're able to go in and assess what's going on with the person, the family, and develop a care plan and figure out the, you know, what will result in the best outcome for that person, given the situation. So, you know, this is a growing, you know, growing field. And obviously there's a lot of emotions also involved with some of these decisions. So 
Tell me, how did you get started in this field? And what's your, what's your background in? Well, very interesting. I spent 30 years in the financial markets, but my dad was a tax attorney and my mom was a social worker. So I think I, the great thing is I have both heads. I loved eighth grade bio, right? And probably one of the only people. And I decided that, you know, I can do much more to help people just just then on the financial side, I, I know enough about the financial side. I can leave that to people like yourself. But given the skill sets I've developed over my lifespan and working in concert with healthcare professionals, we can really holistically solve a lot of the issues out there and really give you the best outcome. So why don't you kind of tell us a typical situation, you know, where and when i should be called in, who should be contacting you for what reasons sure so the, the the basic situation is what we call boots on the ground obviously in today's society people are relatives are scattered all over the place so a typical situation might be where son and daughter are out of state mom or dad is in state and you need somebody to watch over them to take care of them figure out what's going on where they should live is home still the safest, best alternative for them, or are there other places we should be looking at? So we get hired by the family, and we'll get paid either by the relative, the family, trust, what have you. And we'll take a look and assess, you know, given the situation, what do we need to do? We'll speak with the family. Our primary focus will always be the safety and best outcome for that individual. And we'll always keep the family up, but we're kind of the person who lives down the block, who's able to stay on top of things. If there's an emergency, we get called. We know the emergency contacts. We know the doctors. We know the medical issues. And we can make sure that person is safe and gets the best care and is in the best place. So why don't you describe to us kind of a simple case just for our listeners to get an idea of somebody that may be needing to call ICOR in? So the simplest case these days is people understand what home care is about, but they don't really understand what's involved. So there are a lot of home care agencies. There are also a lot of private home care aides. And depending on the situation, a family will call us and say, hey, we don't know what to do. We don't know which agency to call. We don't know whether to go public or private. We might need a live-in, which is much more difficult to find. So we will go in, we will provide oversight, we'll introduce you to the right home care company or to the privates that have been background checked. We use various agencies that do privates, but they background check the privates and then figure out what's the best match with the family. You know, it's about capability and personality. And oftentimes the first one, the first aid is not, you know, may not be the right aid. So we liken it to dating where sometimes you have to kiss a lot of frogs until you find the right caregiver. Yeah, so I want to give it a little bit more specific. So obviously you're not doing this your, yourself. So, you know, you know, to kind of describe a case with somebody calls you up on the phone, hi, Dan, you know, my mom has been in the hospital, needs, we're not sure if she's going to be able to go home or go into a nursing home. What exactly happened? Who do they talk to? Who goes to see them? Sure. Give us a little bit of, of a, a kind of an experience there. Sure. So, so in, in, in a case like that, and I'm going to give you a, a, a kind of a more involved case, an actual case. 
a woman, a diabetic, is in the hospital. She's been in the hospital for four months. She has comorbidities. She has multiple stents. She has a liver transplant. She is an opioid addict. She's been in the hospital long enough so that she's gone through her Medicare days. She's gone through her Medicare reserve days. The hospital wants to move her out as quickly as possible to a nursing home. The family hires us. One of my nurses gets sent in. She assesses the situation, makes sure that everybody talks to each other. Obviously, the nursing home, we thought that the nursing home was, was the wrong choice. And our goal was to get this woman home. So my nurse, very experienced, made sure that the cardiology team spoke to the endocrinology team, spoke to the palliative care team. This nurse is also a palliative care expert. So eventually we actually got this woman, we got the hospital to do a Medicaid application for free. And we got this woman home. We got Medicaid to cover eight hours a day. We got all of her symptoms under control. And it was pretty much a, a wonderful outcome for the family and for this individual. She's home. She's not in a nursing home. You know, a nursing home for a 50-year-old, it's not really an appropriate place. So in that case, the family hires us. The nurse goes in. The nurse does a long-term plan, a short-term plan, figures out and coordinates everything together to make sure we get the right outcome. So that would be a, a more complex case, but somewhat typical in that respect. Yeah. So for those that, that are listening, you know, Dan's quoting. So, you know, Medicare doesn't cover most of these costs. They'll cover, what, 100 days of costs, correct? And so, and so depending upon your finances and where you are, some people are eligible for different Medicaid solutions. And here in New York, there are, uh, there are options for Medicaid at home, not just in a nursing home. Right. So just keep that, you know, keep that in mind um, when you're going through the, you know, when you're going through this, this process. So just let me make, make one comment about that. New, sure. York, New York State is probably the easiest state in the country to get on Medicaid. And the misconception is that there's a look back for everything. But the reality is for community Medicaid, which is in your home, there is no look back. Right. So what he's talking about look back is that um, if you if you wanted to apply for Medicaid for a nursing home, there's a 60 month look back whereby any assets that were were transferred out would be eligible to have to pay for your care in community home. That's not the case. So you can actually get Medicaid quicker at, at home. So not to approach on some of the Medicaid attorneys out there, but just to give you guys a little bit of a, of a background. So, you know, is, is, you know, Dan is, and we get this question a lot from clients and from, you know, from children of, you know, of clients. Uh, I, I promised my, my parents I would never put them in a, you know, in a nursing home. Um, so why don't you kind of give us, is, is the nursing home, you know, the best alternative someone sure. that, you know, no longer can live at home? Sure. So let, let's talk about that. We often get hired to do assessments on the individuals to figure out what is the best, safest place for them. So most people want to what we call age in place, right? They want, they want to be in their house. But sometimes that's not the right, that's not the safest solution. So the solutions could run from living in your house to a nursing home, but there, there are plenty of steps in between depending on your finances and depending on your health. There's the 55 and older communities. There's the continuing care retirement communities. These are all private pay. There is individual, in, independent, sorry, they're independent 
communities, there are assisted living communities, there are skilled nursing communities. So there's a choice. And then when you're on Medicaid, there is something called an ALP, which is an assisted living program. So it's an assisted living community, but Medicaid pays for it. And then ultimately, of course, there's what we call skilled nursing facilities. So, you know, so how do you go about assessing which of these different choices is the best for somebody? So, so what we do is we go in and the nurses and the social worker go in and do an assessment. How is this person psychosocially? How is this person medically? What are their needs? Can the house be reconfigured? Are the hallways wide enough to support a wheelchair? How is their cognitive situation? Are they able to live at home or can they live at home with an aid? Are they incontinent? How incontinent are they? Depending on all these various things and depending on the finances of the family, we'll recommend various alternatives. And the alternatives could be live at home. They could be sell the house and rent an apartment with home care. It could be at various levels of assisted living or ultimately it could be a skilled nursing facility. And these these decisions are made by obviously talking to the client or the relatives of the client along with the assessment from the nurses and the, and the social team, correct? Correct, correct. And, and in, in New York State, if the person wants and the person needs to go to a nursing home from their home, something called the patient review instrument has to be done, and you have to be certified to do that. And couple of my nurses are certified to do that. If you're already in a hospital or in a rehab, they will do the, P, the PRI, as we call it, and then you basically have to apply to the nursing home and get accepted. So what, what actually is a patient review instrument? So a patient review instrument is basically a numerical score that goes over your activities of daily living, toileting, eating, various things like that, to see how capable you are of taking care of yourself and how much effort that nursing home will need to expend to take care of you. So it's a numerical score, and then you submit it to the various nursing homes, and they decide on the, based on the availability of the beds, based on your meds, based on whether you need PT, whether you are acceptable to them or not, whether you are private pay. And obviously, a lot of people that go into nursing homes, are, the nursing homes are paid by Medicaid. Based on all those factors, they decide whether it's an up or a down. And then you go from there. And if it's a down, then you have to make sure you apply to enough and you get accepted somewhere. Do you see a lot of people that have actually uh, long-term care insurance or you would say most people that you deal with don't? I would say a small amount of our clients actually have long-term care insurance. It's probably in the, in the, in the neighborhood of 10 to 20%. And then we deal with the long-term care insurance, making sure just because you have the financial means doesn't mean that you, you're going to get the appropriate home care. So we work with the long-term care insurance company to make sure you get the right agency, make sure they qualify, make sure that the agency gets the assignment of benefits, and make sure that sometimes you need to have to pay a little bit on top of that to get the proper care. Now, you mentioned to me that ICOR has this care umbrella program. Want to explain a little bit more about that? So you're, you're going to appreciate the care umbrella program because it's all about planning ahead. Right. It's it's like when somebody comes to you, you're going to tell them, don't plan for retirement when you're already retired. Right. You want to get ahead of the curve. You want to plan ahead of time. So what care umbrella is when you are relatively healthy or before you need a tremendous amount of help, it's, you know, we sit down with you. 
we assess you, we do a baseline, we talk to your doctors, we get all your emergency contacts, we make sure you have all your advanced directives, power of attorney, a living will, all those things that an attorney will do. We make sure we have all those under our umbrella. And then we coordinate with you, we speak to you and visit you as much as you like. It could be quarterly, it could be semi-annually. And if anything changes, then we know exactly what's going on. We know your history and we can get you the best outcome very quickly as opposed to fighting from behind and, and having crisis management. So it's a great thing that people should be thinking ahead of time about, especially for their older loved ones. Yeah. So is there a kind of a, an age where you see people that are signing up for this umbrella program? The age where we typically see them, it really depends on their health. Mm-hmm. If people are 100% healthy, obviously they're really not thinking about this. But once you start going downhill a little bit, let's say in your 60s or late 60s or 70s, that's when we're starting to get people to sign on. And especially mid-70s, late 70s, they're getting a lot more interested and we're getting a lot more traction with that. So how, does, how do you get paid? Good question. So we are not paid by Medicare or Medicaid. We are paid privately. So typically it's a family it's an individual, it could be a friend, it could be a trust, it could be a pool trust, it could be a special needs trust. So is any of your coverage covered by any insurance or is it just it just private, just private pay? It's only private pay at this point in time. Okay. And, and you know, so why don't you kind of just summarize to you know to us, you know, your approach, the other professionals, your functions. Sure, sure. So so what we do we connect life's fragmented parts, which is why we call ourselves life care managers. So the various steps we do is, you know, one step is care coordination. So we're coordinating, coordinating with your doctors and trying to figure out what's going on. And a lot of people see multiple doctors. They may not see as many doctors, but we know for a fact that the doctors generally don't talk to one another. And we certainly see that in a hospital because hospitals in a lot of these places are understaffed. So we make sure the doctors are at least talking to each other and we know exactly what's going on. Then we take a look at the medications and medical management because oftentimes there are adverse events and drug interactions that people don't see or don't think about because you're getting drugs prescribed by the different doctors. Then, of course, we're the boots on the ground, so families are scattered or there are too, too many responsibilities, the sandwich generation. And then we're also dealing with what we call elder orphans. So you can imagine what an elder orphan is. It's somebody that really has nobody else. And we have a lot of clients, unfortunately, that, that have nobody else to rely on. So we're essentially their family. One thing that's underappreciated is we all focus on the fact that there are cognitive declines and physical declines as people age. But the other thing, and I'm sure you probably deal with this, is there's decline in financial cognition. So sometimes bills don't get paid or, or, or they get misplaced. There are a lot of simple things people aren't aware of their expenses. So we come in oftentimes and find they are not being done so we can help with bill pay and just make sure that the house is being taken care of, the lawn is being mowed, if there's anything that needs to be fixed in the house, the boiler, the HVAC, whatever it is, we make sure that's also taken care of as well. We also do, as we mentioned, an environmental assessment. So again, if you're living at home, we want to make sure that home is safe. Perfect example, my parents 30 years ago moved into a townhouse. It's four stories. It's got 
30 steps at least. So they're, they're knock on wood, they're in their mid to late 80s. It's no longer as safe as it used to be. So, you know, we're looking into getting a lift. We're potentially moving them to a one-story townhouse. So these things need to be looked at. Are the bathrooms big enough to accommodate if you have a wheelchair? Do you need grab bars? All these things are underappreciated and really need to be assessed because the worst thing that could happen as you age is fall and break something. Or just falling is very, very dangerous, especially for a senior. It leads to all sorts of complications. So, and then the other thing we want to look at is socialization, right? You never want to be, as you age, one of the things we find, the downside of living at home is sometimes you get these people that we call shut-ins. And we all know we human beings are, are social animals. So for the most part, the healthiest thing we can do is make sure that these people are socialized. They go to support programs. They see people. They see different people. You know, the activities that are best Socialization is by far the best activity for your brain, for your cognition, and for your health. The worst is, as you can imagine, watching TV. Somewhere in the middle is reading books and doing crossword puzzles. By the end of the day, we're social animals. We need to socialize. And then, of course, I mentioned a, person, a personal needs coordinator, which we have, which deals with the non-medical resources that may need to be done whether you need durable medical equipment like a wheelchair or a lift or you need a ramp in your house or you need to find out about your insurance benefits. We have an individual whose sole purpose is to help the family and the individual get those resources. And then, you know, as you think about it, that's the holistic view. That's how we look at the individual and really make sure they're safe. Number one, safety is number one. And number two, that they get the best quality of life given their various situations. I mean, these are all terrific resources. And as the you know, baby boomer generation continues to age, there's going to be much more need. And as medical advances come, people are living living longer. So whether it's you know an individual, the child of a parent that's aging, you know, to be able to have a company like Icor is is terrific. We get calls all the time about, you know, people and their parents and having a resource would be great. So uh, thank you, Dan, for, uh, for taking the time and to telling us about i and visiting with us today. Thank you, Larry. Thanks for having us. And thank you for tuning in to the Retire Right podcast. For everybody at Heller Wealth Management and everybody at i this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon.